It's the Tillcast, episode 409, Game of the Year, part 2, for 2019. It's a Game of the Year. <laughs> and this week, guys, of course, it's all business. We're talking the cast's top 10, our personal lists, and the games that were so bad they needed degreaser. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're back. We are. It is February 8th at 7.12 p.m. It is a motherfucking tilt cast. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And we're back for Game of the Year Part 2. Part 2. And if you don't know real quick, we're going to let you know it's an M-rated show. Um, So just be prepared for a couple of fucks here and there. Um, (sighs) Because we like fuck. Yeah. Fucks or commas. There is no, there is no f bomb here. It's a comma, bitches. But it's a part of the sentence, man. More so than even that, um, you usually would get about thirty minutes of bullshit and some games and then some news. But this week, uh, we're gonna cut the bullshit to a minimum because we're going through our lists. Uh, we'll yep. talk a little bit about what we've been playing, and then we're just going to move right into this game of the year thing. Oh. Yep. So, we Jason, are, we are. you're still playing Zelda, right? I am still playing Zelda. All right, Rusty, what are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Dick move. Fuck you. It's like, oh, Zelda's been like but, hey, out for two years. Fuck you. I got to play some Beat Saber last night. Yeah. yeah. And I actually started at normal. Did you... <laughs> Instead of easy. Instead of easy. Yay. Progress. Fucking, I went right into Expert Plus. (laughs) And finished more than, I only did one normal and did the rest of them on hard. Dude, dude, that fucking Camilla song, man, it bothered me for the entire night. (laughs) Like, uh, all right, so Beat Saber's gotten a few updates recently, and they've added about six Camilla songs. And if... You're familiar with uh, OSU or pretty much any base, uh, any rhythm-based game that's been made in the last couple of years. Uh, the uh, uh, What's the Camilla? Camilla is an artist that does you know really high intensity uh, electronic music. Okay, uh, and she, it's very quick beats, and there's a lot of variation in her uh, you know in the music. So. Uh, so what I, uh, I of course I downloaded them because they're part of you know, they're they're free updates for Beat Saber. I give them a try, and most of the custom songs I can play on Expert Expert Plus without much problem. They're challenging, but you know doable, doable. Uh, I can't I can't beat Expert. I and there's a whole Expert Plus level that's above that that I have. Uh, there's it's impossible. As it's far a, it's a good workout though. Holy bit, uh, holy balls, dude! The difference between hard and expert. I I showed Jason this while it, he was over. Uh, a little bit more nuance than you're ready nuts. for. Uh, it's not that. It's the number of notes. Like what's triples. the BPM on it? Well, fuck, dude! I don't know. It's it's probably rated in this uh, in the realm of stupid. Uh, <laughs> Are you talking like 200 BPM or like 300 BPM? Fuck if I know. I mean... I'm just curious. I mean, I, that's how I... I don't ever trust the BPMs in Beat Saber because those, yeah, those are uh, uh, crystallized. 
but yeah most of their uh uh most of their music is like a hybrid between a um between like dubstep and speed core and it's it's um yeah uh, I, i'm looking for it right now bpm but doop ba doop oh it's only 174 okay i know that's there's probably a lot more to it 174 174 is pretty fast it's uh it's very very fast it's very fast in beat saber for you old gas like vnv nation usually sits at about a 120 for a pretty steady beat sometimes goes a little faster if you're going for something like cubanate you might get into about 150 yeah um, yeah 74 is pretty fast now but, if you're a death metal fan that oh, can sometimes get up into the 350s right but that's different that i mean i don't think death metal actually exists on beat saber thank god now they had a uh, they didn't have a death metal song but there is a song called don't look down by Mashuga that has a lot of tom work that's it's not a death metal song but it's got a lot of weird stuff and i remember trying that on normal and hate myself yeah <laughs> well i mean the, i i missed the workshop yeah these these things is these game or these uh uh these songs are my new challenge uh they require a lot of really quick transitions yeah, uh, he was watching at one point, and he's like, "Holy like, fuck!" Not yeah. just transitions, but you could be transitioning and have to do crossbody wrist flicks the, during the transition. It and, was fucking nuts. And he was, uh, and I start failing about the highest BPM portion of the song, where it has really intense runs. And yeah. the and the runs are uh, opposite hand, so you have yeah. to come up with the left and down with the right, and you basically have to do. I mean, Rusty's sitting there going like this. Yeah, Oops. I mean audio, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is audio. <laughs> yeah. Basically, he's flailing his arms like like a madman, like uh, some. Like the thing is, is, Sam and Sonic the Hedgehog mixed together. <laughs> like <laughs> that's a little better. Use your words, Jason. <laughs> Use your words, man. Uh, uh, that great though. Oh but God. I mean, we did that after doing a thing and watching Star Wars. Yeah, we watched which Star we won't Wars. Get too much into, but I'll say, uh, rent or wait to stream. <laughs> Damn that, and that's coming from Darth Biscuit himself. I, uh, from the Star Wars see, kid. No, here's the thing. Good movie. They made some bad choices, though. It oh, could have my been, God. It could have been a whole lot better. Uh, I had... J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy made some bad choices with that movie. I, about a quarter of the way into the movie, the the magic broke, and I was just, like, hand on chin going, oh, my God. This is not this is this is not what I expected. And <laughs> uh yeah, and so not what I expected in a bad way, not the oh my god, I didn't expect this. this right, was, no, this is like oh my god, oh why my did they do god. that? Why? What are they doing? Uh yeah, so it was not nearly as bad as Doolittle. Uh, but it was not nearly as good as I expected from the last of the Skywalker saga. So, yeah. um, so I yeah. mean, it was a ending. 
it somewhat satisfied some things, but it wasn't as good of an ending as any of us would expect it. To My be. very first words once we got to the car were, this is Star Wars, the loose ends, the movie. Because that's basically all they did. All they did was tie up loose ends. With it was a, crazy. With uh, a fairly boring middle. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so, anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to... Uh, it's not really super spoilery what we just did, but because, I mean, we didn't touch on any of the story elements, but uh, that's thoroughly a bit, that's interesting. A, okay. I mean, that at least gives me an idea what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still recommend watching it just for the fact that... I mean, I get to see some loose ends tied up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do um, answer questions. That's and, the thing. And there are some pretty badass moments within the movie, but it is moments mm. the movie. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it's like, eh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. I'll tell you the uh, most interesting thing that I did besides listen to a mummy speak, and if you haven't heard the mummy speak, eh. uh, don't, don't ruin it. Just, just go look up Sounds of Mummy. Wait, I'm trying to remember. What did I actually look up? Let me go to my search history. It'll only take like 12 seconds to start counting down. Sound of no, you got, mummy. No, I want to talk about Phonetic sound of mummy. Is yeah. that right? Uh, no, 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 no. I should have typed in sound of mummy. Yeah, if you do some of sound of mummy, the very first video... Okay, let me. I'm gonna find it. It's only gonna take a second. Touch of the mummy, <laughs> and here, here, yeah. Here's what you get. Uh, I'm gonna crank this uh, up. Okay, do it, do it. Come on! Oh, this ad loading. Shut no! up! No, no. Fuck you, ad. Fuck you, ad. Oh, we have ten seconds. Oh man, to prepare you, and I won't lie. <laughs> okay, here we go. I've got, got it. it. I've got it right now. <laughs> this is what you're going to get. <laughs> and that's all you got. <laughs> so, so underwhelming. <laughs> so that was one of the most interesting things, and it caused me all sorts of laughter. <laughs> I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I did Man. hear about this from last podcast on the left. Yeah, dude. It's it's um, like such an off-the-wall off, off shit, you know? But... Man, I love him for that. That that's that well, is like when that came up. You know, when you put that on my feed, and I saw this on Facebook after you posted it. I I I watched it. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fucking epic, man. This is like I know I did. I left nothing. I, I, I like, left all expectations as high as I possibly could. It's yeah. like I have to set this joke up. I mean, I have. I had sat down. I saw this. I'm like, ooh, fucking science did it again. Like Jurassic Park, fucking like did the whole like. You know, we can recreating embryos. We can, from, yeah, we can. From, we can, no, they recreated the fucking uh, Velociraptor call from having a fucking like nose cavity thing. I'm uh, like, this is like, like that only real. Fuck yeah! All right, so what do they come up with? And it was like, getting getting all up in that shit and watching the video, and then it's like, and this is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like what the fuck. 
Dude, I've had farts fucking louder than that. Now, all credit to to the researchers, though. I I mean, mean, they did actually scan and and, 3D print the And just think about it. There's no no throat. There's no tongue. Right. There's no tongue. There's no teeth to make this inflection. Yeah, they basically just printed the throat and mouth cavities, but without all of the muscles there, you're only going to produce one sound, and apparently it's... So maybe they should take that larynx, and the next person needs like a voice box replacement, right? Like they just <laughs> replace it that. Be like, and the muffy speaks. <laughs> With the inclusion of lips, you can do meh. <laughs> and it's the most annoying pharaoh ever. The, f- the funny thing, uh, now I read up a little bit more it's like on pharaoh this. let my people go, no. <laughs> Now, <laughs> hieroglyph says now. <laughs> but that that was one thing they did say was you know they all they were only getting the one sound because all of the muscle tissue and everything yeah. had degraded so it was just a cavity so much yeah. that. I mean, he was all they very could preserved. get a solid scan of was the cavity, so you yeah. didn't have tongue size or yes. any of that. But, well, but here's the best thing. So yeah. I've been once. I played a practical joke on a couple of people. Oh, you terrible person! So the guy that does all the our facilities guy, Jim, he's always working on a lot of extra projects. Yeah. And he was working on one of those massage chairs. I guess he found a deal on it, and he's going to sell the massage chair. It's like a five thousand dollar massage chair he's selling for like three grand. Okay. And he reprogrammed it, and he wait. He was a programmer before okay. he ever was okay. a maintenance guy. Okay. So he reprogrammed it, and he rebuilt the engine or the the motors and things like that inside of it. Oh god. He got it, and he made it work. Okay. So I've been putting people in this chair because I discovered something. So I'll start off with like, let's start with normal mode and it like sucks you in and then like holds your arms down and it feels like you're, it's just, it restrains you like a prison chair. What? Like, yeah, it just, you can move your hands and you can wiggle your toes. Like it like holds you down. It's one of those whole body massage chairs. Yeah. Oh God. And you know, it does all sorts of things where like there's little rollers and stuff all over your arms and your back and stuff like that. So we start on calm mode. Yes. And then I said, all right, now try the deep tissue massage. What does the deep tissue massage do? It massages your, it vibrates your fucking tank. And everybody just starts laughing <laughs> because they don't know what to do with it. And mutual friend Mike, um, I did this to him. I just said, all right, now try deep tissue massage. He just starts going, uh. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong? He's like, I. I can't say. It's a professional environment. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what's wrong? Uh, uh, I was like, oh. does anybody have a blanket? Yeah. <laughs> it's tickling the area between your balls and your asshole. Does anybody have a blanket? And it's like, this doesn't I, feel right. I can't stand up from this chair. It's like, I'm no, you take, don't understand. Take this it's fucking, a professional environment. I'm going to take this chair to HR. <laughs> no, I can't stand up, at least for another five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. It's a bizarre feeling. He didn't expect it. He just said it. Just what? And it's restraining you. This is. It's a sadistic chair. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. I think everybody should have one. 
I think all you single ladies <laughs> need to have one of these chairs. Yeah, it's like that. Was it? What is that? Deep tissue men massage. Who, men who stare at goats and uh, George Clooney has the chair, the fuck you chair. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Is that the right movie for that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's, it's a rocking chair that fucks you. Oh, God. Yeah. When you rock it. it yeah. 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 Dude. Anyway, everybody should see that movie. I yeah. like it a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that and I played a little bit of... Uh, I've been playing probably the most grindy-ass game that I, I barely recommend, but it was passing time. I was playing Dead Age 1. Dead Age 2 is coming out. It's basically Final Fantasy uh, 5, I guess, or 4, but with zombies and, like, Flash game graphics. I bought this on the cheap a couple of years ago for, like, 2 bucks, and I was like, I'm trying to be that person who actually finishes games now. I'm trying to break that habit. They have less disposable income, so I'm just going through my back catalog. And basically, you, the story progresses in a way that you all the characters have abilities it gives you random characters as you go through um the abilities all play with each other you find items and craft things with your base while you go out and play the same areas over and over and over again to see how far you can get and then you take items back based on what area you went to super simplistic game i do not recommend this game at 20 bucks but at like three bucks it's like a little bit above a phone game um, it's like Final Fantasy zombie style. Yeah. Um, it's not bad. It's not great. It's not a high recommend. Wait. Wait. No, you're getting them mixed up. The fuck you chair was Paul Rudd and it was in Knocked Up. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's also a good movie. Mm. Um. Oh, God. Not that one. Um, but yeah, Jason had to yeah. spot check me there. Of course, of course he That's did. That's okay. Uh, That's his OCD. Hey, he has to I come agreed up with, with men at goats at first, so. I was trying to, I, for some reason I thought it was George Clooney that he made the threw chair. the fucking, yeah, I mean, this guy is with names and I'm like with concepts here, so, like, or fuck you tiles, like. <laughs> yeah, I was fucking with uh, Rusty's OCD earlier. You suck so much. I figured it'd wake you up a little bit. I yeah. I did uh by making me mad. Asshole. I played through Stone Shard. It's also a game I wouldn't recommend to everybody, but it is a superior game to Dead Age. Um, Stone Shard Prologue you can get for free, and it is the intro to the game. The way that they play this out is the prologue is essentially the game mechanics before the main game happens, and it comes complete with a tutorial and way better items that you're going to start off with in the game and a boss fight. And then it basically ends into the next area. So basically you're the guy that is the main catalyst to the story in the main game, but it's just the prologue. And you play the prologue in the main game, but you can download the prologue for free and have been able to for a while. Okay. They just retooled it to incorporate some of the mechanics they incorporated in the new game. But the way the game works, um, every game I can think of that works this way is something that nobody's played. So it's... <laughs> You move, the enemy moves. It's turn-based in that way. Okay. So you can set up, until you get into combat, you're moving turn-based style, but you just move in whatever lines you draw your, you just move your cursor to somewhere and click it, and then he auto-navigates over to that. Um, Looks like a super high-color, high-detail 16-bit game, um, which is kind of a thing nowadays, right? Yeah. But I think it looks cool. Uh, It's a team of, like, seven people. Um. But there's a lot of mechanics to it. So it has a lot of mechanics, survival mechanics, um, in the way of how you deal with damage. So 
you get, let's say you get hit, right? And then there's a randomness that says, oh, you hit your leg or your arm or your torso, or your head or whatever, right? That individual body part takes damage and your main health pool takes damage with it. When that body part breaks down, you must bandage it if it's bleeding. You must splint it if it's broken, those kinds of things. You must apply a salve to it, those types of things, right? Mm-hmm. You can get general health potions that will refill your health pool but not repair the limbs. And that comes with basically modifiers that fuck you when those pieces are disabled. And you do, of course, do the exact same thing with the enemy. Also, a pain mechanic that comes with that. So you've been hit a lot. You start to develop pain, which also lowers the amount of hit po- not hit points, but how many hits you can take. Like, hits start hitting way harder the more pain you take. Right. To kill the pain, you can drink alcohol, and I mean, which makes you drunk, which lowers your accuracy. Yeah. You can take the health potions, right, if you, you're rich enough or savvy enough to make them. Um, <laughs> so you drink the alcohol, then you've got to, like, rehydrate and eat, or you got to do all sorts of things to repair limbs. So let's say an arm's broken or it's just badly damaged and it's not broken. I could splint it and then apply a leech to it and over so many turns that leech will heal it but in the heat of combat that's not what you're going to do you're going to do it after that you can also rest like you can do in a D&D game mm-hmm. which also passes time and time's important too because certain quests have a certain amount of days to do it so but you rest and it's it's not as fast as when you sleep you can only save when you go to an inn okay. um, I think the big map auto generates at the beginning of the campaign with what it's going to look like and that stays static but the things that spawn in each tile or map board are different Interesting. Um, and all the dungeons are the same right now they don't have the story mode in full tilt what they're doing is a contract mode for the game to kind of work out the balance and the kinks it was very hard when I first started it's still hard but not as hard as I was making it out to be so to give you an example I it took me exactly three tries for the boss mechanic for the first boss after I started playing it uh, apparently it's taken a lot of people a lot more than that but once you realize it's turn based and you stop playing it like a turn based game becomes way easier because the boss enemy telegraphs where they're going to do attacks. Mm-hmm. So you literally just, you can't go ham the whole time. You have to attack and then, move. and then move or know that you're about to get hit and you can't avoid it and you might as well just go ahead and start healing yourself. Um, you got to mix it up between ranged and whatever. You learn all your abilities from books that you read um, and then your skill points unlock the abilities from that you read basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was playing a I started after I finished the prologue and figured out that hey I do like this game. Um, bought the early access for thirteen bucks because I did like the prologue quite a bit and the mechanics that were in it. And I've spent like I want to say about ten hours in it in the last couple of days. Yeah. So that's every night's way too late playing this game while I'm trying to be a responsible adult. Um, and it's so an early hard. access and it's it has enough roguelike to make every run different. You can't change characters, you can't set up a new character. You're starting your whole run over at this point for that. It intentionally doesn't let you save on the fly. So it's a game you have to sit down and say, I'm gonna spend about at least thirty minutes with this game, or you're gonna waste your time. Um Here's what I will say, and I'll give some quick tips before we jump into our game of the year stuff. The quick tips I will say is that when you're early on, don't take the contracts because you don't haven't gotten the stuff. But go talk to all the townspeople because you'll figure out what they want. So specifically in the first area, that's not a spoiler of any kind. Just go talk to the tailor because he needs furs. You can literally go right outside of town and go hunt wolves and get furs to give him furs to make money. Because you also have to spend money to pay your rent for your hotel. Yeah. 
uh, which is, it's not real expensive, but you also need the money to upgrade your weapons. You can get drops. Most of the drops from the random bandits that are out there are okay, but not nearly good enough. Um, so you can level up and get a few drops and sell a few things. You just basically do that two or three times to get the money you need. Save between each one of those. Go rest. And then once you feel like you're pretty competent and comfortable with the combat, then it's time to try one of the contracts. Don't pick more than one contract at a time because it'll give you the same timer. It will count down for both, and you won't have enough time to complete both. Oh. So I picked one when I first started the game because I did restart after about an hour. Um, I didn't realize that I picked two contracts, and it didn't do the thing where it lets you queue it up, essentially. Right. They both had a four-day timer. I finished one and had half a day to finish the other, and I was in the middle of the dungeon, and it said quest failed. Yeah. So I was like, Boo. oh, I fucked myself. So I started over. I tried a different character. Initially, there's a rogue-type like a rogue type character that uh, ha- shoots, specializes in bows and daggers, and then I switched up to the berserker, and berserker. as the berserker takes, when they kill things, um, he gets more powerful, extra crit. Berserker. Um, and I mixed him with swords. He's a dual-wielding berserker. He's got an axe in one hand and a sword in the other, and I've got abilities from both trees. Um, seems to be working pretty damn well. He's a little bit squishy. Died a couple times when I should when I didn't took too many chances. But uh, the last thing I will say is it really doesn't hold your hand on the map. It will point to where an objective is, but it is up to you to look to see what the path of the road or the object is on the tile to understand what map square you're on. You reference the map and know that I've, it's broke up into a grid, right? But in this grid, there's like trees. In this grid, there's trees with a road that kind of use up. You know, it's got a mm-hmm. it's got a right angle that curves up. Oh, okay, I know I'm there. I went south and there was that camp. And right now, I'm in the middle of exploring all the question marks on the map and making a little bit of extra cash before I attempt this crypt again that kicked my ass. <laughs> so... Yeah. It's a fun game. It's yeah. it's not easy, but not so hard that I truly, I mean, I spent till one in the morning, two nights in a row playing it. Yeah. I mean. It's a true old school rogue game, but yeah. looks pretty and even in its early access state is extremely playable. Yeah. Kind of sounds like a, I don't know, like a, uh, a turn-based D&D roguelike almost. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean. Eventually, they're getting to a point where you can create your own character, but they've got, like, four archetypes. So, it's like a mage, a berserker, a knight, and a rogue, essentially. And, yeah. they're, and they're all, like, multi-classes. They both have, start off with the abilities unlock for you to fill points into for all those classes. So, like, the mage mm-hmm. specializes in staves and magic, and you can pick the tree of magic you want to go. The knight specializes in a lot of melee weapons and mm-hmm. shields. Right. Berserker specializes in a lot of one-handed weapons. Dual wielding and, yeah. Yeah. So, and daggers are not weak in this game. You don't have to backstab with it. Oh, no. Um, They're fat. They always hit like two or three times, and then they crit. They crit really fucking hard. So even with my other guy, I had an ability that let me swap in the same term, essentially. So I'd shoot bow, draw thing over to me, switch when they were close enough for melee range, and then I'd use my three different abilities to fuck them over. Um, It was usually like two or three hits at that point, and they were dead. So I was avoiding damage. I had a really high dodge. And those things come to play. You can basically be a dodge tank. Yeah. Well, that was one of the biggest, bigger things with, uh, you know, with RPGs, especially like action RPGs and shit like that, that, uh, that I've, I've had problems with in the past. Like, 
you know, there's certain uh, weapon archetypes that are completely fucking glossed over because they're they require something special. Like, uh, you know, Divinity Original Sin. If you was to actually, um, you know, go with a uh, with a dagger class, if you're not hitting something from the back, you're really not doing full damage with a dagger. You know, and it's difficult to actually position yourself to be able to hit something in the back. It's more, it's more game, you know, natural in the game to just face tank things. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to hear that the, you know, that daggers aren't completely underpowered. Um, and that somebody's fucking finally addressing that in a, in an action game or an RPG game or an action RPG game. What are those things? Fucking action RPGs. I mean, I've got over a hundred hours in Grim Dawn now, so uh, that's that's a thing. Uh, I'm playing through the elite difficulty, and I've already unlocked all, you know the ultimate difficulty. And my fucking demolitionist inquisitor purifier guy, uh, which is basically two handed ranged. Uh, and is very much a auto attack clicker dude. He doesn't have a whole lot of like active skills or spells that he uses. It's just all passives. Uh, and he just shoots things and they die. And and that's kind of, that's kind of my speed. It, I can turn my brain off and that's why I've played so much of it. I haven't gotten very much sleep this last week. So, uh, it's something that I could do to try to turn my fucking brain off. Uh, and it is, it's enjoyable, super enjoyable. I don't know why I hadn't played Grim Dawn before, but I mean, thank you for getting it. It's that. a little bit ugly, but it's a good game. I don't think it's ugly. Like f- the first part of the game is kind of meh. Like when I first played it, I, uh, I was immediately comparing it to Diablo. Right. And of course Diablo has, you know, has its own gritty art style that it was, uh, that it's known for. This tried to do that gritty art style, but the way that, that they throw stuff on the screen, it zoomed out a little bit more. So you don't see a whole lot of the detail. Uh, and the character details aren't really customizable as much as just throwing new armor pieces on there. And of course, when you pick up your first freaking white armor piece, it's going to look like a fucking rag, right? So you're not going to get an epic looking character until, you know, much later on. Um, the, uh, you know, for me, it was just trying to, you know, to get through all of the freaking systems. Like the systems in that game make it really daunting, but really customizable. Like just starting off, blind in that game you will fuck up your first character guaranteed uh i watched a like a five minute youtube video of things that you need to do to you know to understand grim dawn right away uh and one of the very first things was you know go to this website and pick a guide (laughs) pick a you know uh pick a build guide and follow it uh, you'll have much more success because this is basically you're learning from people who have already made the mistakes that you're about to make. So, 
uh, that really has helped quite a bit. Uh, I have a better understanding of the game, so if I was to decide to create a new character, I would definitely, uh, definitely do things a little bit more, you know, uh, focused a little differently. Um, but the first character is always the hardest because, I mean, once you get, once you get all of the characters up to a specific reputation level with the factions in the game, you can buy, um, you know, faction boosts and XP boosts <clears throat> for your other character using in-game funds, completely farmable. Uh, one of the things that I really liked is the DLC for this game is, you know, expansions like full-on fucking content. And it's it does have a couple, like, you can back the uh, the developers by buying some cosmetics, but most of the cosmetics you earn in game. Uh, there's an illusionist, like a transmog, if you're if if you're a Blizzard fan, I guess. Um, but you just play the game, and it's just it, it is very enjoyable. I mean, the character I'm playing is kind of hands off, and you know. You don't have to brain it too much, but there are some really complex, uh, you know, complex characters and situations where you have to, uh, you know, run some combos uh, to be able to, you know, do maximum damage, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of fun. It's interesting. Um, I'm probably uh, like 86, level 86 out of 100, uh, and... I'm going to get to 100. I'm going to play around with a little bit of the end game, which is basically running, you know, dungeons on ultimate. Uh, and then, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move on to other other games, man. I, I, I want to get a little bit more variety this year. I kind of stagnated quite a bit last year. Um, so, yeah, speaking of last year, let's fucking move in, move in. Man, it's yeah, that we'll time. So... <clears throat> Just to kind of recap, uh, uh, we gave you last week kind of a short summary of what we thought about all the games we played. Um, so I'm going to recap some of this a little bit just for the, um, uh, just for the listeners. Listeners, that's the word. So for the, um. Uh, so I'm going to give our table rankings first. So, and these are these are rankings that where w- more than one of us played it. Obviously, not all, all three of us played all these games. So, in no particular order, Metro Exodus, the table gave it a four point two five. The Division Two, we gave it a three point three out of five. Right, out of five. Okay, just uh, just to be clear, Fallen Order. Star Wars Fallen Order, we gave a 4.5. Uh, Slay the Spire, a 4.5. Rage 2, a glaring one. <laughs> I mean... Void Bastards, a 3.75. Uh, Bloodstained, a 3.4. Uh, Oxygen Not Included, a 3.5. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, two and a half. <laughs> Uh, Remnant from the Ashes, a three and a half. Children of Morta, a 4.75. Borderlands 3, a 2.75. Uh, Crackdown 3, a 2.25. Moral Combat 11, a 4.25. Uh, 
Days Gone, we gave a four. Uh, Gears 5, we gave a little bit more than a four, a 4.13, I think, is the average. Uh, Outer Worlds, a two and a half. D? Huh? Wait, that's not right. Eh? Sorry, Outer Worlds would be a four and a half. I don't know why the average screwed up. Uh-huh, Yay, Sheets math. math. Your math is wrong. Yay, Sheets Math. Um, Phoenix Point uh, got a solid four. Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries got a four and a half. Jump Force got a two. Mm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare got a three and a half. And Dark Devotion got a four. And anyone wondering, those last five games are games only one of us at the table played. Right. And the thing to just remember about, this is a group score, not an individual score. Right. Yep. And so what Jason did is he averaged our ranking. So some of us might have felt stronger about other games than other people did. But that's a tilt cast ranking, which is why it's a little bit different than what you might have expected. Yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely, it, do, it doesn't fit. A lot of the other shit that's been uh, that's already out there. That's kind of why it, it's us. That is us. That is based on our own play styles and our own likes and dislikes in games. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, average out. This is a common man ranking. Yeah, averaged out over the table. All right. So. Yeah. And I know, like this week, I was going through the list, and we're going to get to kind of our personal list too. And I was even kind of re-ranking it based on, you know, I had my own scores, right? And then I was trying to figure out what my level of enjoyability is with each of those games. And then I kind of came up with my own ranking, too. Um, So we'll get to those parts as well. I kind of want to say before we get into it, we had a couple of Uh real bad turds this year. Uh, We did. And part of it, I think, was expectations not being met. And I think the other part... Actually, that's the biggest part of those things. Because I want to say, Borderlands 3, for me, was just, it got to a point where it just wasn't enjoyable, and I was slogging through to finish it. And I don't like when I get to that point of a game, right? Especially the, you know, let's take money out of it. Let's say I got this for free, right? Yeah. Even at the price of free, I would have felt like I slogged through this more than I wanted to. Is it still Borderlands? Yes. But out of the Borderlands, I feel like it's the weakest link in the Borderlands universe. And it's because there's no real point to the travel between worlds because you literally can fast travel. The the way that – and they may have been fixing this at some point, right? But the way that the weapons and ability synergize didn't do it for me in the same way that it did with some of the other games, right? It just didn't feel right. Now, granted – I've been told multiple times, even on the last episode, that I played the wrong character to start with. Yeah, you did. <laughs> there should never be a wrong character to start with. Yeah. You know what I mean? But his abilities were underwhelming and not fun. And that was the problem, right? I'd pop my, basically my version of a turret, which was kind of like, uh, what's his name from the first game, Roland? Yeah. Um, so I popped my version of the turret, and then I popped my, my uh, decoy. Super underwhelming abilities. All they were is both of those were a distraction while I tried to lay waste of stuff. And I had a lot of passive procs and things like that. Right. But at no point did I feel like I was having a total blast of the game. Like, by the time I got to the end, I was so sick of killing waves of enemies, because that's what this game does to you, that I just, I wanted it to be over with. And it, 
like I said, I will try to give this another chance later. But it was just such a fucking letdown, and I wanted it to be. I mean, we had high fucking hopes. I did. Um, I, I all mean, three of us did. Oh yeah. I had some really high fucking hopes for this game, and it just like like I and, said. And I will eventually play the game, but with what you and Rusty talked about with it, I decided sure it wasn't f- a high priority for me. Right, and it should be something that I mean that you, you and your wife can play and have some fun with. Don't yeah. get me wrong; playing anything co-op can make it fun. Right, better with friends, and it's always better with friends. <laughs> better, Almost better always with better friends. with friends. I mean, you know, but if a game is marketed as better with friends, there's a problem. <laughs> I don't know. What's those are my big gripes. Like I just, I never got the weapons that I wanted to. I felt like I got so many trash weapons, and I felt like I was wasting money by not selling them. So I'd, the loop for me, the gameplay loop, was kind of what broke it for me. Right mm-hmm. on top of just fast travel, fast travel, fast travel to get to the thing to go do the thing. Like I never wanted to grind through a level because I wasn't having fun, a lot of fun with. To me, like the the enemies just got irritating after a while, and I wasn't having a lot of fun with that. And then. You know, there were a lot of, like, flying enemies that were hard to hit, you know, that Mm -hmm. just, that made for part of the grind to be kind of frustrating. And then, like, there are times where I either felt way overpowered or way the fuck underpowered. And I think it's just the way the level scaling in that worked, uh, which maybe there wasn't any. But it was just, the loop was, all right, five minutes into this area, I got everything I need. My bags are full. I'm going to go take it back and sell it. And then I go find a station. And then to a certain point, I ran out of inventory space and I didn't have the things that I wanted. I mean, that's kind of the game, unfortunately. The 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 loot is basically the entire game. Uh, and it's but got it a very sh- loose story over top of that. But it shouldn't be just a ton of shitty loot. You know what I'm saying? Well, I had the opposite problem. I, I, I had nev- the opposite I problem. I never got with good that. stuff. So, so my what broke the game for me, I, and I play, I did play like forty or fifty hours. I I can't remember exactly, but I played a, a fair decent amount of it, um, and I was you know up to the maximum mayhem level on my character, and I was able to survive, uh, and I was having some fun with the siren. Uh, I didn't ever actually get to play any of the other characters. I didn't feel the need to because after you built you know, build up the siren to be able to do Mayhem 3. Uh, At the time, that was the highest, and the most difficult content was just going through the story again uh, on Mayhem 3. Um, My my problem was is that I had too many orange drops. Everything that I had, I had a bank full of the orange drops, the fucking legendaries, the high, you know, high rank shit, uh, with some really good, uh, you know, good rolls on shit. So I ended up having guns that I'd never swapped. Like one of the things that I like about Borderlands is that you end up getting a gun and then you go maybe a level or two and then you find a better gun and it's basically the game of ooh shiny and you get to kind of swap out the guns you know and experience different shit like the guns feel different they have different you know different barrels sights stats things like that once you get up to you know where i was i basically had 
the four gun slots unlocked and there was you know the four guns that I used the most and <clears throat> I had a boss killer I had my you know my normal trash and I had uh, a couple different elements on the you know on the other ones uh for the modifiers cuz when you're playing on mayhem you have a, a modifier that says assault rifles do more damage or uh SMGs do more damage or something like that right so I was kind of swap you know had those uh those to swap around to but uh the game broke for me when I had literally everything I wanted and there was no reason for me to grind anymore there was not enough for me to continue playing. Uh, so when and it felt like every goddamn drop was orange, finger quotes special, and when the special shit started to feel like normal shit, that's where it lost me. You know, so the algorithm that determined loot is broken. Well, yeah, well, mayhem did it. And and it's that's the biggest problem. Like when you're playing when you're playing through the first uh first playthrough of the <clears> game, <throat> right? You are very, very rarely even getting like, you know, the purple drops, right? The 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 ones Just, that are. I'll right reiterate before I did not play Mayhem more than like twice. Right. So I was so done. You if you didn't get through to be able to play Mayhem 3, you get like 500% better loot quality or something like that, but for playing Mayhem 3, so everything fucking basically drops a, a legendary item, right? Uh, yeah. You know, and it just, it got old really fucking quick. Like, I couldn't play it again. Uh, and uh, once you have your set, you you tend not to move away from it unless you find another one of that item that has a better, um, like, uh, a fix. Like, something that does more damage or fits your build better, does corrosive damage instead of fire damage or some bullshit, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I got my time out of it, but I didn't play any of the DLCs. It just burned out really fucking quick for me. I can see that. I've got three times more, you know, or twice to three times more time in Grim Dawn, and I'm not done with Grim Dawn yet. (laughs) And it's a very similar loop, you know, uh, loot loop for Grim Dawn. You go out, you kill things, and you get the loot, you know. So, yes, this one's fun. Yeah, but Grim Dawn actually limits the amount of legendaries that you can get in a you know in a play session, whereas I had an inventory full of oranges in a half an hour when I was playing Borderlands Three, so it just became not special anymore. Uh, when when legendaries are the new green, <laughs> you know, right? <clears throat> yeah, that that would just make the game boring at it's that just, point. It was like yeah, uh, too much loot. Does that make sense? Like, I'm hating on it this just, game it, because it, it just, gave me too much. Yeah, but it's just not special anymore, and that's right. the problem. So, eh, that's that's just me. That's my opinion. You know, other people like it, but most of what I saw on YouTube, 
it fell off just about the same time I fell off. Like most of the content creators that were making it, you know, making videos about that shit, they significantly reduced their Borderlands 3 content and moved on to other things. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the only one that kind of felt that way. Right. So, uh, how do we want to do this? Move on to our other turd real quick and then jump into it. Yeah. So this, and this is kind of like the determine, did we all three play Rage? Um, no, that was just you two. Okay. Jason, did you have a turd before I jump into this? Our brown know. note. I don't know that I could really call call it a Jason turd spent his because... money more wisely than we did. So he listened to our bitches I mean, and said, ah, I'm not going to waste my money. I mean, I don't know that I can really call it a turd because I didn't go into it with great expectations or anything, but I guess you could call Crackdown 3 a turd. Um, I mean, I didn't spend money on it. Thank you, Microsoft. You gave it to me through Game Pass. That, like, that's probably, well, even for the price of free, I didn't waste my time because time is money, man. Time is money. But uh, did any of us really have any great expectations that it would be? I mean, I watched the best terrible. part. I watched the best part of the game, and then that was it. That's all I needed to see. I mean, immediately after the first cutscene, I checked out. <laughs> you could watch a YouTube video for that shit. <laughs> I'm I'm done. <laughs> if I want my Terry Crews, I will go watch the watch the old fucking Old Spice commercials because they still fucking crack my ass up. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, about the only thing it gave us was quack, quack, motherfuckers. <laughs> right. I agree that it, it, it was pretty underwhelming. It was mm. just generic game. Well, but at least I didn't They drop. talked it for, up so much and they fucking delayed <coughs> it for so long. For a game that had a development cycle as long as it was and all the i mean the promises. literally i think they added terry cruz in the last few months of development because they knew they had a they had crap to. generic game well they made a uh they like, they included him in the freaking marketing so they kind of had to you know that was that was the thing um with with Crackdown three, I mean, you have to realize, you have to remember, Crackdown three was this uh, was this. You know, they were trying to do something ambitious by creating a fully destructible city that you could play online, and that the whole like th- this would all be cloud computed, and you know, and and all of that, you know, all that jazz. It didn't turn out very great, uh, and the implementation of that tech wasn't you know, wasn't great. And it came out to be kind of just another generic game. Now, Crackdown had a lot of generic to it. I mean, if you go back and you really look at it without your rose tinted glasses on, uh, it is a very generic game. I mean, it is, you know, it's nothing super special. It, it just kind of hit that power fantasy of being able to fucking blow shit up with a rocket launcher while running really, really fast. You know, like I think I put all of eight hours in that game. Yeah, but I will say that as bad as Crackdown Three was, mm-hmm. even though I got to troll the the Twitterverse with that, pretty fucking hard. <laughs> um, 
I will say Rage, I think, beats both of those games for being the the worst sequel I've played in a long time, the most underwhelming id game I've ever played, even though it's not id proper. Um, they just... The open world travel is useless. The amount of firefights you get into is underwhelming. The length of the fights is underwhelming. The story is fucking trash. The only cool part of that is the first few minutes of the game. I don't even think that. I mean, when I, you know, when I, uh, when I picked up Rage 2, I, I, I mean, it's I played super, through. It's a super mediocre RPG yeah. with super underwhelming abilities with a handful of okay guns. With no real loot, you're just unlocking stuff. And none of, you know, like, it wants to be Doom RPG, kind of. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the amount of abilities and unlocks, it's just that Doom's really fucking fun. And that Rage 2 was really not. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't finish it. I, yeah. I paid full fucking price and decided to stop playing it after about 15 hours. It's like, I'm wasting my time. I, uh, I, I, I bought it. Uh, full price, of course. Um, I right, felt guilty right that I talked it up for the first few minutes, and then you ended up buying it after that because I was like, I bet it gets really good, and fuck, I led you astray. So, yeah, you did. The And, and I'm not going to hate you for it. The, the thing is, is uh, the, this game didn't, didn't tick the boxes, man. It just didn't – it was – it was everything that was bad about the original Rage bigger. See, the original Rage, the biggest, like, question mark in my mind with the original Rage was the driving. Like, why did you make this game a driving game? You know, you want to drive from point A to point B uh, for these gunfights, and I'm here for the gunfights, not for the driving. I fucking hate driving games. Uh, this is like... It's like taking two genres of a game and like force fucking them together. It's it's that's the kind of thing that fe- it feels like is like here is your pistol in the first like minute of the game, yeah, right? It's not enjoyable fucking, it's like docking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh so it hurts and it's weird. <laughs> it's not natural. Um you get your pistol the very first like minute of the game or so. Uh and then immediately after that you get your fucking first like piece of shit car. And you know, you're and the first fucking thing it tells you is drive to point B. Which takes you like five or ten minutes. Right. You're like the the landscape is a and there's, thing. There's nothing to do in the landscape. It's not like Fallout where you could just go to a place and start exploring and find loot. Right. There's points of interest and, and random enemies that don't do anything uh, for you. You're and, not farming drops. There's no reason to explore. You're not going to get any better. There's literally no reason to do this. You're not forwarding or advancing anything for you other than using your gun and losing ammo. Okay. And, and, and I, I get that. See, there's, and this is uh, this is a game that wanted to be Doom but open world, right? And this is this is probably the biggest uh, the biggest issue with the game is that it kind of forces the open world, even though you you want nothing more than to just get to the closest fast travel point. 
I dislike this game so much right now, Rusty. There's a tightness in my chest <laughs> that's causing me breathing okay, problems. Like we I need really, you to, need you to just, calm down then. Like, I, Holy fuck. I just hate this game. so It just pissed me off so much. I, uh, Biggest so, waste of fucking $60 I've dropped in as long as I can remember. So I forced myself to complete this game. Yeah. I've I forced myself, and because if I have can... to force myself to complete a game, it means that Rusty is like there are starving money. people in third world countries. <laughs> exactly, they can't afford uh, video games, and they don't have access to this. I must complete it to f- make myself feel better. I it's the same complex that Tesla owners have for spending that much money to save the environment. Pretty much, like uh, it's that level of fuck yourself. I, I, I don't get it. I well, I didn't have, uh, I I didn't have any. Um, uh, any funds to actually go back on. So, so basically I didn't, uh, I didn't have enough to buy another game. Right. I just had to deal with what I had, uh, back catalog. And, and I really could have gone to the back catalog and probably had a much better time with it. It's just, you could have played Grim Dawn at that point. Yeah, I could have. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the reality was, is that I kept telling myself that lie that, it's bound to get better. It's bound to get better all the way up to the end. And once I got to the end, I'm like, oh, this is this is it. Oh. Oh, now it wants me just to roam the countryside. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> and immediately uninstalled that game after I you know, I beat the last boss. I was like, right. yeah, I'm done. <laughs> so can we vote for Top Turd? What do you guys say? <laughs> I'm fine with making it rage too. <laughs> um, so, so just, had a little just bit to of fun be clear, just to be clear, guys, I had a little bit of fun with even Crackdown because even though it was a turd, I got done in like eight hours, <laughs> right? And paid no money for it other right. than Game Pass, right? Uh, that that's a big factor. Is uh, you you paid no money on it, and I just decided to, and there was a quack quack motherfucker. Right. <laughs> So and Terry Crews, man, I just love Terry Crews so much. Yeah. Even if he was in a shitty game, yeah, like I just Terry Crews is so fucking awesome. Yes. Um. So I have to, I have to agree. Rage two. Now, like I was, uh, like I was about to say, I'm sure that there are people out there thinking, well, why don't you have fucking Anthem on here? And I and I'm and I'm going to tell you. Anthem was so bad that none of us bought into it. And, no, Anthem falls into the category of it's, things that must die. So, <laughs> so it falls into that. It, it falls into a very special category of it was so bad before it launched could, that none of us bought into it. Could we agree that that could possibly fall into the totally biased worst game? <laughs> maybe like i mean uh i mean anthem was such a uh such a failure to a failure to launch really uh that ooh that's a good new category failure to failure launch failure to launch uh it it was so bad that based off of my experience with the beta and how i described it to you guys we all made a very collective decision to not waste our money on it you know, <laughs> and it was a good decision because it came and died really quick. Yes, 
they, they're still trying to resuscitate that corpse, by the way. Uh, I haven't looked into it recently, but it's not looking good. Like they're doing, they're doing everything they can to try to, you know, to, sur- you know, make it survive. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to do it. I don't think they're going to get there. I mean, I think I really that horse don't. is rotting at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, ha- I have to, I have to ask, cause I think we need to move on. I think we're going to, I think we're in a good spot to I, move on. I think we're going to get to our personal top games before we start saying what uh, the cast as a whole is. Um, But Rusty and I played a significantly less amount of games than Justin did this year. Well, I didn't play a lot of AAA, though. Um, So... I am going to say, let us do this. We are going to do, Rusty and I are going to do a top five, and Justin's going to tell us what the 10 best games are that he played, um, and then we'll go from there. I, If you scroll over in the sheet, I put the games that you actually played under your top five. Or top ten. And I created my scrolling. own list. I'm I'm scrolling. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Got it. So let's go ahead and start with Rusty. Looking at that on on that looking list. at that list, what would you say your number five is? Oh, so I have to go from the bottom up instead of top bottom down. Up. Fuck yeah. you. Bottom up. All right. So to yeah, let's see. All right. For for five, I would say, uh, let's see, do, 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 do. It's so hard to choose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, putting me on the fucking spot here, looking at uh, looking at this, and just now looking at my list of, you know, a very small amount of games, really, <laughs> to be honest. Um. You know, I think five would probably be Bloodstained. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of Night, uh, still a good game. I played through it all the way through, uh, and uh, I I was really into uh, Castlevania's uh, Symphony of the Night. Uh, this kind of felt, you know, that scratched that itch enough. It wasn't perfect, but it was good enough. So okay. that, that would be my five. Uh, uh, my four uh, would be Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order wasn't necessarily the perfect game, but it was a better release of a Star Wars game than you know pretty much all of the rest for the past few years. Uh, and it was enjoyable. Uh, it was just... Is not quite exactly what I wanted or expected, but it, it and it could have come up with a stronger footing, like a stronger hook. But this is is an okay game, like pretty good. Uh, my three would be uh, Children of Morta. Like fucking surprised the piss out of me how I like that game, 
And, yeah, I really like that game. And it was just like one of those games that you, I didn't think that I was going to enjoy. I just tried it because A, it was free on Game Pass, and B, you talked it up quite a bit. Uh, but I actually really fucking enjoy that game. It it has uh, uh, a nice loop to it. Uh, reminds me of you know the old style twin stick shooters, but with RPG elements, and it's just really fun. Um, let's see. So number my, two, my t- number two, my number two would have to be Remnant from the Ashes. Uh. I fucking really enjoyed that game. Uh, that was like the sleeper hit for me because you heard practically nothing about that game until it released. Yeah, I saw something about it PAX 2017 when I went, or 2016, I can't remember which year I went uh, last, but I went up there and I was like, oh, that looks like it might be cool, and then I kind of earmarked it for later mm-hmm. and you you told and me about I, it it was one of those things i've kind of got a secret list of things that are kind of upcoming to keep an eye on right and then when it became came on steam i was like do i remember that and i pulled up my list i keep everything in google sheets of course you do and <laughs> i was like oh yeah i saw that i remember it now and then i wish listed it until it came out um i have my own thoughts in that game but i had a drastically different experience i may go back to it at some point yeah i think that 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 game requires you to uh you know to uh, and to learn its system, because my first first attempt at it, and I and I took a couple of different attempts at it, but um, uh, my first attempt at it, I couldn't get the you know the timing right for dodging. It felt like there was a issue in the dodge that uh, that made things not feel quite right, and then I realized that the you know how the animations worked. And looked for the uh, for the animations of the enemy tells like the they're, they're going to telegraph how they did things. Uh, so the fir- the very first boss you run into, the very first mini boss, kicked my ass way too many times, and then I learned. And that learning is very much like the Dark Souls learning by failing that I needed to continue. And as soon as I Learned that, got a couple different weapons, and then learned that uh, that upgrading your weapons and armor was absolutely fucking key to surviving in that game. It was smooth sailing from there, and I, I just enjoyed. There was a good, uh, good difficulty level all the way through my three playthroughs. Okay. Three and playthroughs. Right. What was your number one? My number one out of this list... Uh, my number one is going to be Metro Exodus. Uh, I know I really highly rated uh, Slay the Spire, but Slay the Spire isn't the same kind of game as Metro is. Slay the Spire is I need to burn about an hour worth of time, and this is a fun way to do it. Metro Exodus was an experience, and it really does tell a story. And you can, based off of how you do things, it changes how the story plays out. Uh, that and the world. I mean, with the exception... You know that DLC comes out for that Monday. Really? Oh, yep. uh, fuck me. Um, the, uh, keep track. The, the world itself 
is very interesting. Like I've always been interested in the Metro world. Like there's, there's like stuff about how they are surviving post nuclear apocalypse in, you know, in the, uh, in the subways, the metros, uh, and how the, you know, the humans create factions and there's mutants and, you know, stuff like that. It's just really fucking well done. Like the story just plays out. I like the train. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the train was, you know, the fact that this game was mobile and, showed a couple different environments instead of just being stuffed into a tunnel, uh, it actually improved it for me. I've even thought about, because you can literally get all of these on Game Pass, going back and starting on one and working my way up at the highest resolution capable for my PC. Yeah. The, um, you know, I played through the original Metro's, uh, just the claustrophobia of the Metro was... The fact that it was dark, I'm arachnophobic, and fucking walking through spider webs fucks me up every time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's enough of a fuck you that it keeps me on edge. It's not like right. I'm not arachnophobic to the point where I'll like drop the controller and run to a different fucking room. I'm not that kind of a pussy, but uh, <laughs> but it is unnerving in that whole claustrophobic dark situation. Yeah, they nailed, they nailed that it. in yeah. the desert. Yeah, the desert sucks. The desert sucks for arachnophobes specifically. Fuck yeah. you, man. <laughs> that. That fucking place sucked for me. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm done. <laughs> what you All got, right. Jason? So, <clears throat> my top five, actually. I'm going to change this. Okay. He's um, had time. You've had time. You've got time. I've yeah, had time. I, I've been switching some so, stuff around in my head, too. Um, I was so, I'm going gonna, gonna to start with, with an honorable mention outside my top five, and that's Gears 5. Uh, I mean, the only reason I didn't rank it higher was, honestly, it was just more Gears, just with a different story, concentrating on one of the newer characters introduced in 4, but, you know, it wasn't radically different or anything. It's just more Gears, um, but still incredibly fun and well put together. Um, my number five, uh, probably probably a surprise as much as we've shat on the series last few years but call of duty modern warfare uh just simply for the fact that well i'm still getting quite a bit of enjoyment out of it Uh, if i wasn't so sucked into zelda right now i'd probably have another 30 hours over the last few uh, weeks your buddies who manage your time worse than you i have not been on to play with you um but I, the, I would venture to say you have less time, actually, <laughs> but you just manage your free time better than they do. I do. Um, but I'll say this. For for a Call of Duty game, it was by far the best campaign story since since 2 and 3. Eh, uh, that's fair. Highly enjoyable, well put together. And, and I'll say this for... You know, for Call of Duty, it's those games are as far as the campaigns all always well put together. Whether or not the story writing is 
on par or not. I still it's fucking remember very key moments but, in uh, every single one of those. Yes. Like all of the campaigns for Call of Duty have had a ha, has had a twist moment uh, or a fuck you up moment to, up to Black Ops and then they kind of started recycling shit Okay, everything after. You mean that. everything after Black Ops? Yeah. Because Black Ops had probably the yeah. best fucking twist. Yeah. In the campaign. Yeah. Up through Black Ops, they were really good. And you always had at least one moment from the campaign that you'd remember forever. Right. Um, Podcast dog has suddenly gotten very attached to Jason. After after Black Ops, they just kind of recycled stuff. Sure, the script may be different, etc. But the scene basically played out the same way. That it did it in prior Modern Warfare games, and you just, it felt similar. Up until this one. Uh, with this one, you very much had a a lot of new ro- moments. Um, you had a, you definitely had a no Russian caliber moment in this campaign. Um and a couple black ops uh fuck you moments uh throughout the campaign and it it just played really well the multiplayer is the most solid i've played in a long time you know i'm even enjoying the multiplayer without my friends say something you know give <laughs> give a caliber to that um my number 4 yeah is Metro Exodus, and I'll say this, mostly because I have not finished it. Okay. Um, For the simple fact that it's hard to play with the kids around, for one, and for two, I just haven't been in the right headspace. So, um, for me, the atmosphere in that game, I have to be in the right headspace for it. Um, But I agree with everything you said about it. Yeah. I mean, I really game. can't say anything more. It's a phenomenal game. Um, my number three was The Division 2. I can see that. Um, it's, it's simply you know, because as you... Much, as much as you can run into a wall in that game after playing 40, 50 hours of it, and you can completely drop it, there, you have to admit, one... It, any gripe you had about the first game was I don't was feel fixed like in the second one. You didn't have near as many loot issue, you know, problems with loot drops. You mean SMGs weren't the fucking um, the shit again? Right. You didn't have any wildly unbalanced weapons, etc. There was still some unbalanced weapons. Um, I found them. I mean, it they they did exist. Right, but not on the scale that the first one had. Right. Right. Um, story was good. Map map was solid. I mean, you have to admit it was a very, very well put together game. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree um, at all. So, I mean, and I get, again, another game I get a ton of enjoyment out of, and my wife enjoys playing it, and... For it's, me, that's a bonus. That it's the better with friends situation. I mean, that yeah. one, that one, I didn't get to play with really anybody. So yeah. it 
really sucked down my total enjoyment because I was either matchmaking with some randoms or uh, uh, or just doing shit solo. Um, so I probably would have enjoyed that game a lot more if I had people to play with, but at night it's really difficult to find yeah. that unless they're Australian and then their connection sucks. So, <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's a yeah. thing. Um, my number three was star Wars Jedi fallen order. Okay. Um, again, extremely solid that, I mean, I gave the game a five. Um, there, there is, a. The only thing that kept it from being my number one is the overall length. You just wanted it to be longer, huh? I wanted more. Yeah, of course you did. (laughs) I wanted more. But, I mean, the story was... The story was on a caliber we haven't seen since the Old Republic. Gameplay mechanics were solid. Yeah. I mean, Um, he kind of does have a... A dirt face sometimes, but <laughs> I didn't uh, have the yeah. But a lot of that's the the actor too. Like if you ever watched uh, Shameless, I mean, yeah, that, that's I mean, pretty much that actor. <laughs> it, it, the thing is, is that his dirt face does kind of fit his situation. Yeah, I mean, it, he kind of had a shit situation going into the whole fucking game, right? And there were, and again, there were genuinely moments in that game where you went. Holy fuck, did that just happen? Like, right? I mean, uh, the ATAT situation was like one of the best Star Wars moments in a video game, you know, yeah. in recent memory. The showdown with Vader. The showdown with Vader's good. Um, I really enjoyed the the back and forth with uh, the first sister. Yes. Uh, the, they, you know, that, yeah. that tension was really good, too. Yeah. Um, so... You just have re- a lot of really great moments in this game. Um, but, um, and I had the same, I had the same gripe with this game as I did with uh, with the next game, though uh, less so because it wasn't necessarily a loading screen with it as much as the travel time, I will say, sometimes gets ridiculous in in Star Wars when you're having to go backtrack to pick something up or yeah, there's no fast travel like that. You know, there's that's... no fast travel. Um, and then my number one was outer worlds. Of course it is. I mean, I mean the outer worlds is just, Justin has said this over and over again. It is the fallout we deserved to get. Um, just in a completely different setting. It not, is Obsidian at their best. And there's there's a reason why it's not on my list. I cannot, in good conscience, give it any portion of the my top five. Because you didn't play it. Because I didn't have it. I didn't have it beat. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't complete uh, it. Every one of the games on my top five I've completed. So the writing is great. Right down to even your most minuscule NPCs, the uh, the overall camp campaign is just structured very well. Um, the map the maps are great. They're meaty. They're meaty without being. You don't like the quest giver. Ah, oh, 
you could just put a bullet in her face. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> the. Uh, I mean. I mean, go, the truth. Uh, the, it, the only real gripe I have with it is load screens. Like. A ridiculous amount of load screens. I wonder how uh, how that works. Um, you know, I mean, because I'm going to be playing it on PC. You you played it on uh, Xbox. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I am going to uh, uh, to be putting time into games that I wish I had finished, so, which is another one of those but categories. But it gets the nod as my number one just for a simple fact that. I had much more of it than I did Star Wars. Uh, then, I mean, that's had true. Star Wars given me another five to ten hours, it would have been number one. <laughs> um, but I mean, both are equally on the same level of uh, caliber as far as how well the game is put together, level mm-hmm. of the story, etc. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That tail's a wagon. So with that, super happy. we'll move on to Justin's. Give us your number 10, sir. Uh, so I redid my list. I'm going to give a quick shout out to a three a, a three honorable mentions, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them, but there's a reason it didn't make my top 10. Uh, Phoenix Point has a lot of potential. I rated it pretty high. I put 144 hours into that game. But there's some things about it that need fixed before it's going to make it higher on my list. And it came out the last two weeks of the year. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, <laughs> it's the worst time for fucking reviewing a game, right? Yeah. After everybody's even done all of their game of the year list at that point, it's not going to make anybody's list. I think the average Metacritic's on it's about a 75, and that's fairly deserving. I gave it a four because I liked it better than a 75, but I wouldn't give it higher because the structure of the game, the way that the game was laid out, and the lack of variety in a few things. Lots of good ideas. It's on its way to becoming great, but it's not at XCOM level yet. Oxygen not included. I can't beat that fucking game. I really like it, but it's just one of those games that needs a little bit more direction for me to really dig in. Once I get to that point, I am really think I'll probably like it, because I generally like most clay games, but it's just not quite there yet. Void Bastards. Um, it is a high honorable mention. I just couldn't put it over as the games that I had on the list. That's literally it. Um, it's a really fun game. It's a little bit simplistic. It's little. It's got its own sense of humor and style that's unlike anything else, but it just didn't beat out the other games. That's literally it. But I would play Void Bastards tonight if I that was what I was in the mood for. It's it's kind of like this, uh, like Slay the Spire for me. It's one of those games where you can just kind of uh, do a run, and you know you you could play for about an hour or so just to kind of pass some time and have fun with it. It was that was that kind of game for me. Yeah. But need a little bit more itemization. There's a DLC out. I've thought about picking it up. Um, a number ten. Uh, didn't make it for a lot of people for a lot of dumb political reasons, but uh, Days Gone, I really liked Days Gone. Um, didn't make my top five, but it made my top ten because I liked, to me, it felt like uh, Zombie Skyrim. I, out of this show, I like zombies, unlike Rusty. He's the but only like, one. In the, oh, man, maybe not the only one. I'm the only one that really fucking hates zombie games. So I just, it's part of the only horror genre that I actually like a lot. Um, and have for a very long time, for at least 25 years. Yeah. So, you know, I Night just, of the Living Dead is my first zombie movie, and I've been hooked ever since. 
Then you have the Evil Dead movies, which are not actually zombies, but it's kind of the same feeling. The Evil Dead was as completely silly gore. Different. Yeah, it's just, but it's silly gore. Um, yeah. I liked a lot of the comedy and a lot of that stuff. It's not a funny game. Days Gone, just that motorcycle is your horse that takes you everywhere. And I just, I liked the feeling of getting from feeling really incompetent with like two zombies to feeling like a badass and being able to take on like 50. Um, Gears 5? Um, I just haven't had enough people to play the X, the horde mode with. I think it would have ranked higher if I'd have got more horde mode out of it this year, but I haven't. Well, they're better with friends. Um, but the campaign on Gears 5 was really good. Um, I really liked that part of it. I just only got about three or four horde mad horde matches. I'm sure if I get more of those under my belt, I'll really like it. That's my f- favorite part of Gears. Overall, great game. I liked almost everything about it. Um, ranked it pretty high, too. MechWarriors 5 Mercenaries. This is going to be the only game in this list that I haven't fully beat, and I'm going to say that out of the, just out, out the gate. Uh, well, I didn't beat Days Gone. I've got an hour left. But um, MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, I am a good chunk of the way through the campaign, but I want to continue grinding to get different mechs. It is not a story-heavy game. It is just the mechanics of piloting a mech in that game are the best. It looks fucking phenomenal. It, that, looks, that it looks great. It feels, it feels great. great. It yeah. drives great. The controls are great. Would be a little bit better with a stick, but regardless... Um, Light mechs are done justice in that game. Heavy mechs are done justice. Every me- every mech's viable in a certain situations. Machine guns are fucking viable in that game. Yeah. Um, does a shit job with melee. That's why it made it further down the list, because I want a stompy mech that can stomp shit. That and things kind of seem stamped in. It, they it, do. Yeah. But the random mech generation is actually very good. Uh, the lack of variety in missions is the only reason it's as low as it is at a number eight. Number seven for me is Children of Morta. Um, it's just because the other games outranked it. That's literally it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that game a lot, um, but it didn't make my top ten. Rusty has given it all the praise necessary. That is all the same reasons that I like it. It is a twin-stick Diablo with more options for item variety and item synergy, yeah. I think. Just does a better job of it, it but it's, it, it's, it's, it scratches a lot of different itches. It scratches the, the rogue itch. It scratches the RPG itch. The twin and stick the storytelling itch. is great. I yeah. love games with great narration. It's narration on the level of a Bastion, um, or on the level of like a Darkest Dungeon. I, I start say we fell in love with Darkest Dungeon just from the narration. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. My number six is Tom Clancy's Division. It was the only division I could play mostly by myself, aside from the raids, and I got through a big chunk of the content without needing help. I was able to get my build in such a way that it made it viable for me to play by myself, because I couldn't always play when Jason played. And that made that game great. Um, it's really difficult in spots by yourself, but when you can clear, essentially, their version of a dungeon by yourself, that was something I had a really hard time with the first one. And the reason I dropped off the first one is I just ran out of people to play with. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do the dark zone in this game to be good. So, to me. And that is another plus. Yeah. So, that made my number six. Number five, Mortal Kombat 11. Sure. I just fucking love Mortal Kombat. I love the fucking silly story. I love that the campaign on a fighting game is so long, and I love the replayability of it. I am shit when it comes to fighting others online, and I know it. Um, but I will gladly replay that campaign because it was fun. It went places that were unexpected. The writing is all over the place in a good way, and it is just the best campy B flick to play through. It's and it's a fighting game. It's Nether Realms, man. It's like it's well, like I love Injustice. Nether. I love Nether Realms. It's I mean. like Injustice and Injustice Two. The you know the campaigns for that were you know were fairly decent as well. 
You know, but their just, Mortal Kombat campaigns are fairly long. Yeah, the, the, I think it took me like twenty something hours to beat it. It's, yeah. it's like Jesus, the Mortal, fighting game. Mortal Kombat gives you know each character a reason to be there. You know, that's, yes, and that's and the it thing. Continues to rotate characters out and rotate mechanics out in the fights through the story mode. Right. Uh, my number four is actually Slay the Spire. Uh, Slay the Spire to me, I'm not always a card battler guy, but it got me into that genre. Um, so. Slay the Spire is just a special kind of game. It's exactly what Rusty's talking about. It is a play a few sessions and drop it for a minute or a week and come right back to it. Um, the thing is, I've beat that game like 13 times at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I've figured out the rhythm to it, and I've unlocked a lot of the stuff. I've just simply played enough of it to put it down for a while unless new content releases. Yeah. But I love that game. Um, there's another game called Blood Card that probably deserves an honorable mention that's not nearly as good, but it's still pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Star Wars Fallen Order is my three. I really like that game. Even nice. Cal and his potato face. Um, <laughs> I like the saber fighting. I thought the only thing that struck it down for me is I didn't... This year, I just... My soul skills sucked. Um, I couldn't beat Sekiro. I couldn't beat... I couldn't beat Remnant, but I this was easy enough for me to just squeeze my way through in a few parts. It really is kind of like the entry-level Souls game. It, it it does kind of feel that way. I mean, it oh, yeah, doesn't have combat. Yeah, it doesn't have all of the you know the same systems as a Souls game does, but it's got enough for it to be recognizable. It's more secure than Souls, but that's the if the fighting had just been a little bit slicker, I'd have liked it better. Yeah. My number two is Metro Exodus. It's the best. It's a it's a really good Fallout game. It's a Fallout game based less on RPG and more on the world building itself. It's just it does a little bit better job than Fallout, and it doesn't rely on just the art style. It just it's my favorite Metro game. I sat I really for, like it. I sat there for almost an uh, almost an hour on the train. Just listening to the back and forth banter. There is so much content to that game that is unneeded but fun. It's it's all in the background. You have to be you have to actually notice it and be there for it to be able to really appreciate it. And I absolutely loved it. I liked all the guitar stuff too. Yeah. Um my number one's Outer Worlds. It's the best obsidian game. It's the best game Obsidian's made. I really like Fallout New Vegas, um, but this is the f- well Pillars and Pillars Two didn't release Broken, but they're really obtuse games. It's not a game for everybody. Um, they finally got a budget behind them and they released um, Outer Worlds, and it's not a Fallout setting, but has the same art. It doesn't have the same art. It just has its own unique art style. It feels very Buck Rogers. In a way? Yes. And they do a lot of the dialogue tricks that they've done in other games and just refined on it. They've got a game where you literally can play any kind of build you want. You can play the quest system any way that you want. You can shoot the quest guys in the head. You can make terrible decisions, and then you have to kind of see what the consequence is at the end of the game with those terrible decisions. You can play the game as a complete brute. You can play it in Hulk mode where you don't have much of a speech system, which is a way I've intended to play it at some point. Um, there's to... no DLC. There's no loot boxes. The game was feature complete on launch. <laughs> right? I mean, it's it came, taking a lot of boxes it here. It came with Game Pass as a major launch game from Microsoft and Obsidian with their partnership. It did an amazing job with 
just the dialogue system and choice system and perk system and every system. Um, the loot was meaningful. Um, just the only annoyance is kind of what Jason was saying. I'm playing it on an elite, and on the elite, it still had decent load time. But most of the time, the lo the areas, except for one particular area, you loaded a handful of times and you were done. It was more open world than it was right. in small spaces. Yeah. yeah, it's just like I said last week. It's just you have this massive map. You go into a building that's let, like one thirty seconds worth of the size of the map overall, and that's and you have a load screen for it, right? And like, it loads in all interior areas, and then there's a yeah. it's like the second to last map is a lot of interior areas, and that's kind of a slog. Yeah, but. That part of the pacing aside, it's just such a good game. Um, I just, I can't praise it enough. I can't believe that it didn't make more list, honestly. I think it's just, it follows the same thing, right? We've got people like us that play games as a hobby versus people that play it for a living. The people that play it for a living have a long, hard time playing through really long games. Like Witcher yeah. 3 didn't get the praise it did until Netflix released a series, and then people are going back and saying, oh, that was a really good game. <laughs> But I didn't, you know, I didn't have 144 hours to finish the whole thing. Right. You know, whereas I... <sighs> and Outer Worlds is just the right time. It's like about 30-something hours. It's not an extremely long game. It can be beat in a week by any persistent gamer. Yes. It can be beat in a week by a, a gamer dad. Right? Or, you know, I'm a dog dad and kid dad, so at the same time, and I still manage to beat it, but, you know, the kid that lives here is take care of themselves most of the time i'll finish it someday <laughs> super worth it but should we take a break because it's yes. hot and stuffy in here and yes. i'm actually thinking about kicking on the ac oh boy here we go we'll be back. all right we'll be back Lead us off, Jason. You, you have the going, systems. We're just going to get right into this. So what we're going to do, we're going to change this up a little bit this year uh, again because Rusty and I didn't play a ton of games. It's not that um, we didn't have – I mean, okay, there was uh, games that came out, but not all of us bought them. Yeah. So, so <laughs> um, going to give you what, uh, what our top ten was by our – Tilt cast rankings, and then we're going to kind of duke it out and build an actual cast top 10 from there. Yeah. See, the rankings um, are uh, the, that we got are, well, they're raw numbers, right? Yeah. We've got feelings. We're not machines. <laughs> so, so with that, um, number 10 by rank was Void Bastards. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Number nine by rank was Days Gone. Okay. And number eight was Gears 5. Seven was Children of Morta. Six was Mortal Kombat 11. Five was Slay the Spire. Four was The Outer Worlds. Three was The Division 2. Two was Metro Exodus. And one was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and that's purely by rank. Uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, just from my own personal top five, rank doesn't always... Num 
having a five ranking doesn't always necessarily mean you're the number one top game. So. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically number one on this. And this is this is that's the top yeah. game by rank. So. I mean, really. Again, Star Wars for me did hit number one just for a simple fact it left me wanting more, and it's, then they told us we weren't going to get more. It just it's one of those things where we just all three ranked it very high. Yeah, yeah. we so, it so wasn't we anybody's number this one. This is all math, guys. It, so it scored very well among all three of us. But so. let's think about this. Do we want to start with our six through ten and decide if those things yes. should be higher? Yeah. So yes. So looking at six through ten. I mean, and we, we could even argue something that's not on here by ranking. So, okay, but we'll start with six through ten. Uh, we'll start with Void Bastards. Should or should it not be on the list? You I, guys are the ones that I played it. I don't think so. I mean, I I'm kind of in the same boat. I moved it off my top ten into an honorable mention. Yeah, I don't think it. It. it I mean, it, it's a good game, sure, but. I think there's others that, you know, that kind of beat it out. Is there any of you all's top five you think should beat it? For sure. That's not on this list? For sure. What would you say? Fucking uh, Remnant at least has to hit 10. Like, Remnant is was such a fucking sleeper hit for me. Like, that surprised the piss out of me. I, I like that game so much. Why don't we just, why don't we dock it and then throw Remnant at 10 and we'll see if it goes any higher? Okay. Okay. I vote for that. I mean, I mean I'm fine it, with Remnant or even Bloodstain just for a simple fact that they're games I want to play. Yeah. I just never actually got to play them. So uh, so I'm fine with that. All uh, right, so we're going to bump that off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're going to... Well, I've got, you've I've got, got a, separate, a separate top ten there you next go. to it. There. Okay. Um. And days Number gone. nine, Days Gone. Jason, should would you rank stay, it higher than it nine? <sighs> Think of if all I the had, stuff above it, though. If I had to have a nine based off of what I played, I I would say, yeah. I mean, I didn't get through a large amount of it by by any means. Um, Your wife play most of it? My my wife played so that's partly the reason why i didn't actually get to finish that game is my wife has played so much of it um i mean it it's worthy of a nine the way it the way it's put together um the quality of the story etc um i don't know that uh i enjoyed it as a top fiver so yeah i'd be fine with nine okay well all right. Should Gears 5 be 8? I don't see why not. I mean, yes, Gears 5 is a good game, but at the same time, um, you know, the the Gears series just really sticks to what it's good at. Um, and not really any innovation from one game to the other. I mean, it's it is a, uh, you know, they may fine-tune a mechanic here or there, introduce a new gun, but it's not really 
or a new enemy type, but it's not really all that much different. So you're saying that that's just kind of the safe bet instead of... You know, it was. They went, with a, they went with a female protagonist but kept it a safe bet. Yeah, yeah. And they just improved the graphics and kept it a safe bet. Yeah, I mean the only the only thing di- the only difference between this and Gears Four was the main protagonist. That's it. They focused on her. Mm, the graphics are better, but... and her family. It not that huge of an improvement over four. Hmm. I mean, you're looking at it. You have you have the graphics upgrade of two years, okay. which really is not a whole lot. Much. I would say children of mortar should probably be bumped up so i i am i'm gonna so slay the spire is higher in in the list i propose flipping them so right now slay the spire is in what five and children of mortar is at seven i will defer to you two because you're so the ones who played I, it i, I think i will that, agree to that that i mean that because just, you liked it a little bit better than i did mm-hmm I liked it a lot. I really like Slay the Spire, but I'm the only one we or that likes it that much. So I'm okay with moving Slay the Spire down and moving Children of Morta up because it was a very unexpected good game. Right. So, I mean... The, and it, there's a lot more content to that than there was Slay the Spire. Right. Too. So Slay the Spire is basically, you know, just, you know, you go through a run of the Spire and there's really not much to that outside of just running the Spire. It's a card battler. And Children of Morta has some grind to it, it but it, at least it breaks it up with narration that continues to evolve. And, and it has a story to it. So, I mean... Like, it's one of the more interesting takes on a roguelike where they keep a central story running right. while you do other things. Right. And, and, and I it's, think that I haven't seen a roguelike that's done it that well. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it better. Yeah. So... I, I, um, I feel that way. Anybody see any reason for Mortal Kombat 11 to move from sixth since we put, since we swap Children of Mortar and Slay the Spire? I, I don't because I think I'm the only one that put a lot of real time into that game. I I'm mean, okay I'm, with leaving it at six. I'm about halfway through the campaign, but the only reason I'm not making an argument to put something different in there um, is because anything different that we could put in at six. Is something only one of us played? Pretty much. Right. I mean, the um, so so this is the I thing. Thought, with I mean, it, a lot of it's bias for me too. I I am a I'm not a close friend, but I'm a acquaintance of one of the main developers of that game, and I've mm-hmm. been following for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I've had an opportunity to provide feedback on different things that I wouldn't normally get. Mm-hmm. Um. But that aside, like, that's one of the things that makes it special to me, which is, like, almost an unfair advantage. Right. Does that make sense? Well, either yeah, way, kinda. Brian creates really good games, and he does like campaigns. He does tend to like a lot of RPGs and has found ways to add those snippets to these games that none of the well, other fighting games do. Like, Tekken has a super generic-ass story, yeah. and Street Fighter, like, has just been so tournament-based like there's no reason to play single right. player. I can't. F- well, I, I can't if, follow either one of those stories. If I no, I I you. like Street Fighter is yeah. great if you're playing others, but it just doesn't do it for me. Single player like Mortal Kombat does. Yeah, and well, the fatalities and, are like doable now. Yeah, fatalities there's a whole fatality training great. thing w- without and, without having to buy co- uh, coins for it. Yeah, and <laughs> well, and that's one thing you can say about Mortal Kombat 11, and you can say that about the current run of Mortal Kombat since they rebooted it is that 
they don't just sit on their laurels and stick per se with the total winning formula because they do do things like redesigning the fatalities. The campaigns are really good. Each one is radically different than the other. Um, the, uh, so, you know, sure. The, the formula as far as the multiplayer fights is the same. Um, but ultimately they do make fundamental changes to the, to each iteration of the game. Yeah. And, And it succeeds every time. And that's, that is something, uh, if I had if I had expended my top ten, it would have been six or seven for me behind Call of Duty. So, so um, I, I have I don't have any problem leaving it there. I can tell you right now, straight up, I don't play fighting games, but I have actually played Mortal Kombat throughout the years. It's like the the it's one of the fighting games that I will at least give a try, and. That's that's to be said with pretty much every Netherrealm game. I've tried Injustice, Injustice yeah. 2, and I've tried you know pretty much every one of the Mortal Kombats. It's just I haven't gotten as deep as Justin has. Yeah. Uh, I can respect the level of polish that they put into their games. And they continue to work on them. I mean, there's yeah. always additional characters coming out, even the campy-ass shit, I which mean, is fun. Yeah, like fucking Jason Voorhees still... Thing is, is you're putting characters in there that have believable, like, fatalities. Like, he pulls out a fucking machete and goes to fucking town, right? So... And then they balance it so that it actually works in the game. <laughs> right. You know, so... And, and that's a hard thing to do, considering you've got Jason Voorhees versus fucking Scorpion, right? Well, you know, or, or I think the reason they resonate so hard is... So, Brian started working on these games when he was a teenager... And he's very close to the same age we are, so he grew up with the same 80s and 90s bullshit that we did. And all the same pittings that we wanted to see, like an Aliens versus Predator and things like that, or, you know, Freddy or any of those other ones. Like, that's he literally grew up in that same level of action, horror, sci-fi bullshit that we did, and finds ways to still incorporate that stuff. And that's still a lot of his call. So he just literally likes a lot of the same shit we do and it incorporates that into it mm-hmm. and through some of that is part of the reason why it just resonates so well yep. yeah and so it, it at least deserves that spot i mean yeah. it's yeah it the only reason yeah, probably the reason why i hadn't gotten you know any higher as far as uh, over the table is just i i can't get into fighting games yeah no <laughs> i get it um so the Outer Worlds at four. I so Should disagree it move with that. I, I, I so disagree with that. I so would f- go for can it. Can we just can we just skip it for a minute and talk about yeah. the other ones? We'll skip it All for right. the moment. Talk about the others. Yeah. Um, Division two at three. No. It should move down. <laughs> for the moment, let's just switch I, it with Outer Worlds. Yep. So, at the very least, I, I agree with that. Is switching those two positions. I mean, I feel, I feel fine leaving that at four, just for the simple fact that one, all of us played it, mm-hmm. all of us got, all of us have good, opinions on it, a good thirty plus hours worth of 
Yeah, you're like in the hundreds. I'm at like 60 hours. Rusty's at probably 100 hours. 50? Well, I don't know. 50 to 60. You, you it's were, hard to tell. I haven't finished the raid. That's the you only were thing playing I it right up and right before the like raid. Uh, uh, two to three weeks before the a week first before the drop. Raid. Yeah, so I only got uh, burned out on it because I played it so much. Yeah, and I couldn't match my schedule with yours I, at the time. I Jason. played it a week yeah. before the raid because I remember that there was a fucking like as like a legendary you know mach- you know uh, auto rifle or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I say auto rifle because of destiny, uh, but it, you know the um, assault rifle. Assault yeah. rifle. That's it. Yeah. There's auto a there was a legendary assault rifle from the raid, and I was really pissed that you had to do the raid to get the assault rifle. Yeah. So I was like, all right, fuck this. Um, I may even go back to that this year. And then Metro Exodus at two. That's such a. It's my personal too, but I don't know how you guys feel about it. I really like Metro. I mean. I mean, you had it too. Rusty had it at one. I had it. I had it at four. I mostly because I didn't complete it. Um, Can we move division down to four and I, move Rust, or Metro I, to three to kind of match those rankings? I start say I or Rusty, I really or you like, feel strongly about at least leaving it at two. I feel personally. I feel as though. Uh, Star Wars and the Outer Worlds were better, but Rusty might feel differently. You know, Star Wars wasn't. Uh, I, I'm not. You had a bad experience because of your Xbox. I, I, I did. It killed my Xbox. It, it 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 killed my Xbox. I mean, I'm sure that misuse actually killed my Xbox, but it was the game that was in the drive when my Xbox died. Um. <laughs> Uh, so I no longer have an Xbox it because of that game. It your Xbox. Uh, and I was, and it was overstressing me too. Holy <laughs> piss. Yeah. I was daily mad. Up, we were getting daily updates on our little group about we were. You know, how pissed he was. I was mad. I'm like, how could you like this game? This game is trash. I can't, I couldn't fucking mm-hmm. dodge blaster bolts. And I'm like, that's like a key skill of a Jedi, you know? Block a blaster bolt. It's like Jedi 101. I couldn't do it. Um, found out but that it's my you, fucking Xbox. Then you played it on PC. It's so, so yeah. Um, it, if I had to go with the, you know, with the, you know, with the top three, I think the best way to go about this is looking at Outer Worlds, Metro Exodus, and Star Wars Fallen Order. I would go, uh, I mean, if we were to aggregate, what? Let's not aggregate. What, Jason? What would it, be your top four? My, I mean, top my, three. Top three. What's your top three? My top three would be outer Outer Worlds. My actual top three. No, no, no. Just, no, no. Oh, okay. And, and basis of like of trying to compromise three. with the choices we've all made. Um. Would be, um, probably Star Wars Outer Worlds and Metro, in that order. I'd probably go Outer Worlds, Star Wars, Metro. So yeah. Metro would be three for both of you. Yeah, yeah. I kind of. I mean, no fight. Uh, I'm looking at. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at this though. Fight the it. 
Now, I will say my the one the one thing that's really swinging that for me is the fact that you really like Star Wars. Um, no, is just where we actually rank them in our top five. I'm looking at that by math. Going, yeah, no, I'm just looking at the actual just oh, the our rank. top three. It was it was Rusty's one. Metro's your two. Metro's my four. We're not um, averaging that though. I know this is where it deserves to be for for me. It it's really hard. It was a really difficult. <laughs> okay, sorry, my brain is a logical brain, and turn your analytical stuff off. Off of that. Um, Go with your feelings, Luke. It was a really tough choice. One and two between Star Wars and Outer Worlds for me that that was a really close call and like I said ultimately my bias was the fact that I didn't have more Star Wars to play I felt like the game was a little short the so the only reason why the Outer Worlds didn't end up on my list is because I did not give it the time of you know time that it needs like in yeah. so the 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 reason why I didn't play Outer Worlds immediately is because I was a fucking addicted to Destiny Two, and I was not in the headspace to give it the, you know, the time that it requires. It was the same thing that I did with Grim Dawn when you first bought it for me. I didn't give it the time that it required at that time. I played it for a half an hour and said this game shit compared yeah. to Destiny Two and went back to Destiny Two. Uh. Granted, I found... that said, I wouldn't argue with, uh, with Outer Worlds, Metro, Star Wars either. So, I wouldn't argue with that either. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that I feel is that, um, well, but we all three did play Jedi. Okay. But that's not necessarily not how I've you know how it deserves. I mean, you let so, you tie J- Rusty just weigh in on how you would like to tie break all of this. See, I want to say Metro Outer Worlds, Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order. Well, and okay, so I would actually would, be okay with that. I I would somewhat be okay with that. Here's where. Here's where I'm going to say I feel as though um, Metro lags behind the other two. And that is really Metro Exodus was, for what I've played, being about three quarters of the way through it, it was just more Metro. The main difference being the amount of time you spend above ground is just echo back to two to two. It, there was just more of it, right? Because you're traversing more of the country. Um, with as an open world kind of adventure survival game, it's about yeah. damn near perfect. It's better than Fallout, and I don't say that very often. But so is where, Outer Worlds. <laughs> where, uh, while Outer Worlds had, 
had some of the same mechanics as New Vegas. It was a completely new game versus anything Obsidian's done prior. Um, so you... Star Wars is a whole new thing. Where Metro, there's a lot of it, elements of Metro that are recycled. More more so, I think, than the Outer Worlds. Just my personal feeling. Um, being able to, to change your uh, equipment on the fly using the backpack. Uh, being able to, uh, to create uh, and upgrade your weapons uh, as you go. Uh, to, uh, to have a story that actually flows, uh, and have consequences to what you do in each one of the areas that you go to, uh, that affects the, uh, the ongoing story and the outcome. Um, <clears throat> Rusty has a serious face. That, on. that, that to me is all improvements over, you know, Metro you know, the previous Metro games. These are, uh, these are things that makes the game accessible and relatable that, and there's, you know, the, the quality of the story that they put into, you know, uh, into that, you actually gave a shit about the characters. Like there was a point where like, you know, there's a point in Metro Exodus where you just feel like the fucking world is coming down. Like around you, there's a like the 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 there's a uh, there's a couple key character moments in there that you just like ah fuck that is the worst thing that I could you know that I could deal with right now. I don't want to fucking I, I I don't want to lose this person per se. You know, there's there's. It, it made me actually feel, and I'm an unfeeling motherfucker. So I have I have that going for me. It has that going for it. The um, you know the the thing about uh, you know the outer worlds is, I mean, I haven't given it any time. I mean, I know that it needs to be up from where it is, and you know, in the math rankings, but. I can't definitively say that that is the top game for me. Uh, right. <clears throat> simply for the fact that you haven't played it at and, all. And, and, and I can't, and, and I can't in good conscience, give it a, you know, uh, give it a rating over something that I've already played, completed and enjoyed. Uh, right. You know, Though, Star Wars to me, good game had flaws. And if those flaws weren't, uh, you know, weren't in the game, if they were, you know, if they had been smoothed out before the game shipped, uh, and that it was a tighter experience instead of kind of feeling a little loose in places, then it would have gotten a better okay. ranking. And I can give you that. I'll say, I'll say this for the Outer Worlds. You're you're talking about you're talking about the core mechanic changes, right? With Metro Exodus. Okay. Core mechanic changes for the outer worlds. 
one all the parts are parts are voice acted which is not something that obsidian's done previous with a game like this i mean fallout new vegas was still a ton of text but a ton of text metro it's exodus made you actually part of the conversation okay. it's also not post-apocalyptic they wrote a story that was completely out of the realm, completely away from the realm. What they what they've done before. Okay. The the gunplay works, really works. Is workable, from no. what I could see. No, it like seriously. The gunplay is great. <laughs> Yeah. Um and then just the um the maps as much as I as much as I gri griped about the load screens, the maps themselves were very well put together. Okay. So it seems like we're gonna have to compromise. Do we roll dice? <laughs> we're gonna have to compromise. I here's just... how, here's how I see it. I don't feel comfortable making a site top three that we didn't all three play, even though Outer Worlds is my number one. Yes. I would give it to Metro, then Outer Worlds, because two of us played it and felt strongly about it. It's not a total math ranking, and I am actually there with you, Jason. I obviously like Outer Worlds better than Metro by a hair, by by a ball hair. Like, it is, it's a narrow margin. But they are different games. Um, with a similar scratch, a similar itch in different ways, though Outer Worlds is more conversation heavy and more story heavy than Metro is actually, and I feel like it does story better than Metro does. Metro does atmosphere better. Um, it does do some sameness, but it's the best Metro in my opinion, which I know some people don't agree with me on that. I feel like it is the best Metro. Um, but we all three played Metro, where we all three did not play Outer Worlds. And I feel like, Rusty, if you complete Outer Worlds, you may change your mind. Um, or you may not. It's not as action-heavy as uh, Metro can be. Metro can be really tense. Uh, Outer Worlds never really gets to that point. I feel like, in some ways, it's it's the thing that shines with Outer Worlds is the overall... Okay. It's, it's it's its own thing it, originality it's it is obsidian's own fucking thing it made you feel the same way that fallout did when they originally worked with a fallout ip or the original time that you had fargo and uh in exile working with fallout is it being its own thing similar trapping similar mechanics to a lot of other games but it is definitely its own setting and story okay and metro doesn't have that see this is where i'm going to come up and say this if I had actually had put my time in and played uh, Outer Worlds, I believe I'd feel the same way as you guys do. The problem is, is that I've watched maybe thirty minutes worth of, you know, of gameplay, and that's it. You know, and that is just of a dude going up to every single quest giver and punching them in the face until they die. Yeah, and uh, it's and it's that made the dumb meathead playthrough. And it's and, an RPG; you can't just watch somebody stream. And, and that's the thing. And, and I know that you know if I was sitting there just watching, uh, 
you know, uh, Fallout New Vegas, I would get bored immediately. The only reason why that in, you know in, interests me was because he played the meathead and fucking killed everybody. It was a massacre run. Uh, and I laughed. I only watched a half an hour of it, but I laughed. Uh, you know, and I'm like, okay. I say the game's flexible enough that speedrunners figured out how to take a 30-plus-hour game and speedrun it in 47 minutes because the story's that flexible. And, 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 and Metro is... It is a great game. It has, you know, it has the story elements. And I understand where you're coming from, where it's, you know, that it can seem kind of samey. But I'm also really into that kind of, you know, that kind of really dark, you know, future story where shit's not exactly as it seems. And I... That that I'm really not, got me. By any means, I'm not saying Metro's a bad game because it's not, obviously. But it is where where Outer Worlds got the tilt for me was the fact that we're not going post-apocalyptic again. That's another genre I feel like's been oversaturated in video games. Oh, is games. that your fucking zombie now? Is that it? Is is that is that how you feel about it? Because I feel like zombie games are uh, the reason why I don't fucking give zombie games the time of day is because they're just an overdone genre. No, it, I don't know. It's not overdone genre because I can't get enough of it. I can't find enough. It's an enemy that if you don't have any original thought, you throw a zombie at it. Yeah. It's it's the it's, it's the, an enemy. It's bit. the safe fallback is what it is. Now that said, the enemy in the Metro series is completely original, you know, etc. One hundred percent behind that, but it just felt like they they took the experiences you had in two and basically just made them larger. Okay, so. I know where you're coming from as far as, you know, as far as not feeling comfortable about the, uh, about making uh, Outer Worlds number one because not all of us played it. But I am very confident that if I had, it would be my number one. It's a weird argument, so, but I mean, I'll roll with it because I want Outer Worlds to be number one. So, so I will concede the top spot. And I, just, throw, I just don't feel fair about my top three actually being the top three for the site. That's all. The thing is, is that overall, we kind of agree. Uh, if you guys agree, I, think I agree. The, think in the end, that is There's, probably the most agreeable. And we all lost things on these lists, too, from our personal oh, yeah. lists. Yeah. So the thing is, is the Outer Worlds itself is is a game that is on the list of games that's going to be played very early this year for me. I will get through it. It's just and out of our top- I I have a personal problem with flipping genres. I stick with a genre. Yeah. And then I flip to another genre afterwards. I don't. <laughs> and you have gamer ADD where you can just fucking play anything at any time at the same time and keep five games running. 
I have to complete a game until I am done with it and then move on. And a lot of times I will pick a game that's in the same genre that, for instance, I liked side scrollers and I played fucking uh, uh, Sultan Sanctuary. And then immediately right afterwards, I was playing Bloodstained. It was it's that kind of thing for me right now. It is loot games. So I was playing Destiny 2 and now I'm playing Grim Dawn. It's that kind of thing. So flipping the genre to a uh, to a Fallout style game is uh, is a change that I have to be ready for. Yeah, my current rotation altogether right now is Dark Devotion, Stone Shard, um, <laughs> Dead Dead Whatever, um, <laughs> Dead Whatever, <laughs> Dead Age. I think is what it's called. Okay. Um. What's that game I was playing when you walked in, Jason? Um, Vambrace. Vambrace. Am I playing something else? Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, that's my current rotation right now. Yeah. Oh, and I just beat Outward, which yeah. I can talk about next week. So, I mean, so if I had actually just given it time, and it didn't, and Outer Worlds didn't give me a whole lot of time to actually get it in before the end of the year either. So, yeah, it's for, but for you, you Rusty, it's middle. literally like half a week of play. I propose giving Outer Worlds number one, Metro Exodus number two, Star Wars Fallen Order number three. All in agreement? I say aye. Aye. Okay. We have our top three. All right. So, so Jason. say we all. <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> so Jason, now that we've got a net, what's our, what's our top five of the so site? Our official top five for the site is... At number five, Children of Morta. Number four is Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Three is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Two is Metro Exodus. And number one goes to the Outer Worlds. And I'm not going to post it in the comments, but I'm going to give it two or three episodes. And I'll post it like on Twitter or Facebook what our top stuff was. There we go. Um, I better set a reminder on my phone to do it. <laughs> it's too late for me to remember that. Right. February 29th, I'm going to post this. Okay. I'll make sure the episode's at least ready by then. <laughs> better. I mean, we can get like into our new list. <laughs> right. Now, as, as much as, uh, as much as we went back and forth on this, I'll throw this out there. Could you imagine what a clusterfuck this would have been had Cyberpunk made its original September release? Oh, Cyberpunk would have been fucking like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, a, a Cyberpunk. Thank God that's gone through two delays because that gives us something to look forward to this year. Well, yeah, and it gives there's... us some time to play other things. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's a few things that's happening this year that uh, that I'm genuinely excited about. Game and, and Cyberpunk? you know doom eternal is coming cyberpunk's coming and the first part of final fantasy 7 remake is coming that one's still on track right it's, or did that get it's too? still on track the last i checked for next month yeah and they're they're mark you know, they're ramping up their marketing for it i'm starting to see commercials for it so uh you know so there's if they're ramping up marketing they're probably on track to you know it's an episodic game remember you're only going to get the first part. That's right. 
So fuck. So it's but from what I saw so far, it seems like it's a fairly decent chunk of the game. It's uh, fifty hours of it or something. Well, yeah. the, so the each first, one of the episodes is supposed to be about forty to fifty hours. The first episode releases April tenth. Um, apparently the first episode, according to some rumors, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how close this is or not. Only covers Midgard. Yeah, but some of the uh, some of the marketing materials actually show characters that you don't see until the second act of the game, like Red Thirteen, for instance. Yeah. So. Uh, Red 13 and Kate Sith is, uh, was in some of the marking materials for it. So they might be introduced a little earlier in the story just so that you get the cast of characters. You know, it was kind of like those characters were thrown in midway through the game anyway. Yeah. Almost uh, 30 years, what, 25 years later, we're gonna, I'm sure they've mixed a few things up. Well, yeah. I mean, it is a remake. They're going with the main story, but they're, they're going to, update the t- the story uh, beats and you know and, and mechanics and a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot of things that'll be different about it. So, yeah. And I mean being a remake, they're going to you know they're going to take the opportunity to expand on some things that because it, for the most part it's the original writers back, you know, there're going to be things that they want to expand on that well, probably really did get touched the first go around. The storytelling, storytelling can be completely different. Well, storytelling in this day and age is different. Yeah. And the way that they were able to tell the story was basically off of a fucking, you know, you had to read a script. You know, you yeah. played the game by reading the script, you know, and then they built the game around that. Yeah. They and don't the, have that, that and thing And the fact that, that it's not going to be just a script and you can probably expect a a very good portion of this to be voice acted now. Oh, it looks is, like it's all voice acted. Is naturally going to expand what was the first five to six hours of the game probably become a dozen. Just, just remember, know, just, the, f- the first voice acted Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy X, and I yeah. loved Final Fantasy X because it was voice acted. Yep. So, they're they're updating seven. I'm looking forward to it. Those are three games that are coming out this year that I'm I'm looking forward to. And I have say I agree with all three. I'm the same way. Outside of those three, I don't know what's really piqued my interest because well, we'll see what gets delayed and what doesn't. A shitload of indie games. I mean, I'm not gonna dig 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 this episode, but. Um, I want you guys to kind of keep an eye on something that I think that's really, really piqued my interest. If I could find my, where is our group? Because <laughs> I, my brain's starting to shut down. Um, two things that have piqued my interest. I, mean, I said one, but I meant two. Everspace two, um, is coming out. The Kickstarter's in a really good spot for this. Um, they're ditching the roguelike progression in this. Interesting. They've got 40 ships, a central story, and they're retooling the combat. Really? The the combat really needed to be retuned anyway. Uh, It wasn't very approachable for me. Right. 
And then we've got another game called Dead Static Drive, and no, it's not zombies. Um, very Lovecraftian. The guy has a big love for 80s aesthetic, um, and it's basically a game about an ever-changing world and recruiting party members, and it's kind of a mix of like combat and combination, kind of like Dead Rising with old Grand Theft Auto, kind of like an isometric Grand Theft Auto. Okay. So you're kind of going place to place, recruiting survivors in this Cthulhu type apocalyptic deal. There needs to be more then, Cthulhu games, good ones. Yeah, good ones because there hasn't been any good ones. There really ever, hasn't um, that I can think of. Nope. The only I, good Cthulhu games I've ever seen, they're tabletop games. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> there's two, but they're old. But um, anyways, yeah, uh, keep an eye on Dead Static Drive. It may release this year. It may not. Um, Everspace 2 may release this year. It may not. Um, but they're both pretty excited about it. Don't play Warcraft 3 Reforged. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll say another thing look look forward to for anybody who uh, is a budget gamer. Um, if you haven't played it, Epic Games will be offering Kingdom Come Deliverance starting the 13th. Ooh. Yeah, um, I have that um, in like three different versions and still haven't finished it. It just... Uh, it I got ADD at the wrong time. It is a it is more of a medieval sim, yeah, than in a regular RPG. But yeah. I've heard it's extremely rewarding. I just haven't uh, given it a shot. It doesn't pique my interest. Uh, just to be honest, I'm like, I, I'm not really into that. Game Pass is offering quite a bit. Um, one of the ones I forgot to mention I was playing right now, Sea Salt. That's one that I've been digging dicking around with. As well as that one I keep forgetting the name of, and Jason mentioned it earlier, uh, that looks like Darkest Dungeon with a slight anime style. <laughs> yeah. I don't typically give stuff with anime any kind of shot, but it was like Darkest Dungeon. I like Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Game I Pass. Mean... Uh, Vambrace, something, something cold, something snow. <laughs> Actually, burr. <laughs> burr. Actually, burr. <laughs> um... Big tech girl. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't politically correct. Um, and if you if you want to, uh, who cares? If you want <laughs> to play uh, a horrible uh, Cthulhu game, Call of Cthulhu's free with on the Xbox One starting on 16. Yay! I might, I might um, burn through it. Apparently, it's like twelve hours. Yeah, and uh, uh, for some reason, they decided to make Fable Heroes. Free for the first half of this month. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's just my feeling about it. Whatever. Fable 2's last good fable, and holy shit, that's been a that's 13 been a years. Long fucking time, yeah. Long fucking time. All right. We want to wrap this sucker up? I can yep. do it. Let's put a bow on it. So find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on iTunes and Spotify. Our Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast and our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash The Real TiltCast. And let's plug some, plug some friends. We've got Cabbage KBG. KBG. Uh, that's Trent's video channel, the original member of the TiltCast. Yeah. Um, also maintains the site. We have PubCast that has John in Boston. So John from Amazing. Carousel. We also have NoQuarters.net. They do a monthly game podcast. BMFCast.com does a weekly movie cast. And TVGP.TV, they like games with Xbox Live. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. 
Peace.